So you change your thinking, you change your life. Today, we are in our final message in our series called Mastermind. And we're doing just that. We're learning to change our thinking so that God is the one who can truly change our life. So what have we learned so far? Well, we know that there's a battle going on in every mind. And we know that most of life's battles, yours, mine's, they are won and lost in the mind. And we know that it's, it's impossible to live a God-honoring, positive life when you're consumed with negative thoughts. We also know that if you don't change the way you think, how can you ever change the way that you live? In this series, God has been wanting to speak a healing word into your mind, into my mind. And I appreciate the many comments about this series. This has definitely hit a significant need in our church family. And so I pray even that today, that God's spirit and his truth would impact your life and my life in our minds. But it's amazing how much of a battle this is. It's a real learning process, isn't it? And it's like we take a step forward and a couple steps back, but we need the renewal process of the Holy Spirit. So be patient with yourself. Give yourself some grace, but continue to step forward into letting God change our minds. We're also celebrating the 4th of July weekend. It's Independence Day, and we are so thankful for our nation, the great blessings that we have but the events of the past couple of months, I mean, they have awakened us to the truth that we have some real work to do. And God's people should be at the forefront of that work, the work of reconciliation and love and a call for true justice and mercy. So I, I want to challenge you again to be learning, um, to be asking God what you can do to help heal the wounds of our country. God, use us as your church. Let me pray. Lord, we love you. Thank you for your mercy and your grace. Lord, we give this day and this time to you, and it's in your most precious name we pray. Amen. So how many of you would say that you occasionally, or maybe even often, have runaway thoughts? You worry about things. You have fear at times. Some anxiety about things going on. So maybe there's some of you, you're worried about your grades because, well, if you don't get good enough grades, you won't get into a good enough college, then you won't get that degree, then who's going to want to marry you? Then you can't have kids. That will drive you crazy because then when you do have the kids, eventually you're going to have to send them to school. And maybe you're worried because you're going to send them where there's sex, drugs, and rock and roll. There's methamphetamines, there's guns, there's all sorts of violence. And then they're going to grow and they're going to need braces and a car and insurance. And they're going to be involved in all kinds of things. Then you're going to have to realize you've got to save for their college. And you're still paying off your college and you're worried because you got a headache and probably you've got a brain tumor and all of a sudden everything's spinning out of control all because you haven't studied for the upcoming exam. It's like we go down this dark hole and we can't seem to get out of it. In one sense, our fears and anxiety feels irrational, but to us in that moment, that fear is very real. Have a seat.
Why don't I start? Huh? The simplest way to put it? I have problems. Uh, I worry about diseases, so uh, I have trouble touching things. Uh, in public places, it's, it's uh, almost impossible. I have a real big problem moving. Talk about moving. As long as I'm in my apartment, I'm okay. But when I want to go out, I get weird. Talk about weird. Talk about weird. Well, I get dizzy spells, nausea, cold sweats, hot sweats, fever blisters, difficulty breathing, difficulty swallowing, blurred vision, involuntary trembling, dead hands, numb lips, fingernail sensitivity, pelvic discomfort. So the real question is, what is the crisis, Bob? What is it that you are truly afraid of? What if my heart stops beating? What if I'm looking for a bathroom, I can't find it, and my bladder explodes? Now, I know you're not like Bob, but why do our thoughts run away with us? I mean, at some point or another, for most of us, we are a little bit like Bob. And it's like we spiral down with these dark, negative thoughts. And so what do you do? So if you've been with us in previous weeks, our key in this whole series is this. Your life will always move in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Which is great news if you're thinking on things that are true and lovely and admirable and excellent and praiseworthy. If you're thinking on God's truth. But the problem is, for many of us, when we're focused on things that make us afraid or anxious. When we're focused on those things, our minds tend to run in a direction that may not be pleasing to God. It's definitely not helpful to us. So today, as we finish this series, we come to such a crucial element in this battle for our minds. Because really, this whole series, all of these pieces, um, it, it all works together. So, for example, back to week one, we take the lies that we believe about ourselves and about our world and things around us, and we tear down those strongholds with what? With the truth of God's word. Then week two, we learned about training our minds with the truth of God's word, because if you don't control what you think, you will never be able to control what you do. Then week three, last week, since we can, can't control what happens to us, what do we do? We choose to let God and God's truth help reframe our thinking and we look at life the way God sees it. And so today, as we finish this series, we take our anxiety, our fear, our negative thinking, and what do we do with it? We give it to God in prayer. So I want to invite you to turn to Philippians chapter for we continue to allow the teaching from Paul and his understanding of the mind to help us with the 
battle that we face in our minds. So this is Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Paul writes, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and guard your minds in Christ Jesus. So do not be anxious about anything. He's literally saying, stop worrying. And you're thinking, that's easy for you to say, Paul. Your life is a piece of cake. You didn't have to deal with COVID-19. But this word anxious, which is in the NIV that we read, literally means to worry. With the sense of attempting to carrying the burden of the future all by ourselves, especially about the things over which no one has any control. And we did the control test last week. And so if you think you can control life, you need to go back and take that test again. But Paul and the Philippians, the Christians there that he was writing to, they had ample reason for anxiety. For Paul, it's because, remember, he's in prison, chained to a couple of smelly guards. And the Philippians, they're being threatened with persecution for their Christian faith. So he's not speaking of imaginary troubles or phantom anxieties. Paul commands us, not because he's making light of the troubles that they face, but because he knows that God is greater than all their troubles. Do you know that reality? Do I know that reality? I think Paul is really simply reminding himself, and he's really reminding the Philippians. He's reminding us of the words and the teaching of Jesus Christ. Back in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus spoke these words. He says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. It's not life more than food and the body more than clothes. Verse 32, for the pagans run after all these things. And your heavenly father knows that you need them, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So what the Apostle Paul would tell you and I, here's what happens when you worry. Your mind is dominated by sinful thinking. So let's answer this question. So what exactly is worry? We could define worry in this way. Worry is the sin of distrusting the promises and the power of God. Worry is saying, God, I don't believe you're good enough to cover this. God, I don't trust you with this. And so Paul commands us, don't do that. Don't worry. We need to stop these anxious, worrisome, runaway thoughts that we have in our mind. So how does one gain this kind of viewpoint in a world that is heaving with anxiety-creating situations? So what's Paul's answer here? His answer is by prayer. Look at it again. But... 
in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your request to God. Let's break that down a little bit. In every situation. So what qualifies to not worry and to pray? Every situation. What about when my car breaks down? That's every situation. What about when my kids get sick? I think that's every situation. What about when I get furloughed? Yeah, that's every situation. What about if I get lost? What about if I'm perplexed about a relationship? What if I can't pay my bills? That qualifies for every situation. And from personal experience, Paul had learned that the way to be anxious about nothing was to be prayerful about everything. I love that. The way to be anxious about nothing is to be prayerful about everything. So rather than worry and anxiety, Paul tells us to present our request to God. It's kind of a formal word, that word to present. It was a picture in that day of of an official presentation. But in this context, it's not formal in regard to how we ask. Like we don't say, Most holy God of the universe, I bow before and beseech thee in this grave moment of my deepest need. That's not what he's talking about. This isn't about the asker, but about the one who's listening. This isn't about the how as much as about the whom. We are bringing our anxiety, our care, our worry, our concerns, everything that's stirring up in our mind, we're bringing them to the supreme God of the universe who can hear, know, understand, care about, and respond to the concerns that would otherwise sink us in despair. But there's an interesting qualifier there. Did you notice that? With thanksgiving. There's that gratitude word again. Our prayers should always reflect a heart of gratitude to Almighty God. The act of expressing gratitude or showing appreciation to someone is exactly what Paul's talking about here. So he says, don't be anxious. Stop worrying. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving... Present your request to God. But then he gives the promise. Notice this. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The peace of God. It's this calm, inward assurance that can only come from Almighty God. That transcends all understanding. I love that word. It's, it's this idea that it's higher than anything else. God's peace is better than any other peace you could possibly gain or even understand. It's superior and it's better than, it's above everything else. It's, it's above all understanding. I cannot fathom, I can't comprehend, I can't understand how God might bring peace in some of the most tragic and difficult situations. But you know what? He does to those who turn to him. And he guards our hearts and minds. That's a picture of a fortress that surrounds and that it protects. And God brings a peace the world could never understand. 
but only when we take the worry, the anxiety, the strife that's in our minds, and with a thankful heart, we give it to God and we say, I can't deal with this, Lord. Please take it. Please do your will. Make it right. And when we do that, this peace comes over our hearts. I need the work of the Lord in my heart because I have anxiety. Lord, in this moment, at this time, I need you. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Lord, I need you. So let's get as practical as we possibly can, because maybe you're a little bit like me and you're saying, hi, I need this, but how do I do this? So what I want you to do is I want you to take out a piece of paper. Okay, I got one here, got a pen. Come on, get up off the couch, go get a piece of paper. Maybe you can use the sermon notes that were emailed to you. But take this piece of paper and write down just one area that you find right now that your mind is kind of spinning out of control. What is pulling you down? What are those negative thoughts? What's, what's one thing causing your thoughts to just run away from you and cause you to just kind of spin down in that dark hole? So I want you to write it down. God, this is what's bothering me. This is the anxiety that I feel right now. Maybe it's for you. I, I don't know what will happen to my kids this fall when school resumes. Maybe for you, it's we have a bill that Honestly, we just can't pay right now. Or maybe for you, it's a relationship. It is so stressful and you don't know how to fix it or what to do. Maybe you know that your company is laying off employees and you, you're, you're like, I'm, I might be next. And then what am I supposed to do? Or for you, maybe it's people are wanting to gather as a church, but the risk keeps growing. What, what are we going to do? Maybe it's my parents just received bad news from the doctor and the anxiety is pulling me down. Or maybe you're saying, I've been in the hospital since Monday and they don't know what's going on. So what is it for you? What I want you to do is I want you to write it down right now. So now after writing it down, we say, I'm not, I'm not going to let this stress me out. I'm not going to let this worry me anymore. And we accomplish that, not by saying, I'm just saying, I'm not going to worry. We accomplish that by what? Presenting it to God as a request. So here's one thing that I have done at times. I've got this box right here. And you might notice that on the top of this box it says trusting God and so I open up this box and I take this thing that right here I wrote down and I put it in the trusting God box and I say God I'm trusting you with this worry and I drop it down in that box and then I take that lid because it wants to escape and I close it up and I walk away. And so every time you feel your mind starting to worry or run out of control, stop yourself, 
write it down, put it in the box. Maybe your worry is your teen or the impact of COVID or the fear of the unknown or your health or who knows, whatever it is, when it comes up, write it down and, you know, in a symbolic way or literally put it in your God box and say, God, I'm trusting you with this person or I'm trusting you with this situation. Uh, I don't know what to do. So God, I'm giving it to you. And then when you do that, close the lid and go on with life. But I want to show you something else because if you're anything like me, all of a sudden you're starting to worry about it again. If you want to worry about it at two in the morning, what you have to do though with the box, right? Is you got to get up out of bed, find your trusting God box, and then you got to take that thing literally out of there. But I want you to notice what it says right there in there. It says, God, I don't trust you with this. Now you may say, uh, excuse me, Doug, but that's a little bit harsh. But remember our definition of worry. Worry is the sin of distrusting the promises and power of God. Worry is saying, God, I don't believe you're good enough to cover this. God, I don't trust you with this. So I really want to encourage you, get a box. It doesn't have to look as cool as my trusting God box here, right? Just put God's name on it. Take this box, write God on the top of it, and then take what you've written down and put it in the box. And as you put it in the box, say, God, I'm giving this to you. And then put the lid on it and walk away and truly let God handle this. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. You're thinking, well, that's just irresponsible, Doug. I mean, let's just live in denial. How about that, right? Don't do anything about your problems. Just give it to God. Right. Just see how that works out for you when your bill comes due this next month. So I'm not talking about living in denial. I'm not talking about living irresponsible. Because in most situations, there's something that we can do. And so if there is something that you can do, then here's what's going to happen. I'm going to do what I can do, and then I'm going to let God take care of what I can't. In other words, if I have a health issue, I'm going to do what I can do. I'm going to eat right. I'm going to exercise. I'm going to go to good doctors. Um, I'm going to do what I can do. Or if I have a big exam coming up, what can I do? I can study. And then I'm going to study some more, right? And then I'm going to study some more. And then when I want to go play a game, I'm not going to go play the game. I'm going to keep studying more. I'm going to do what I could do. Or if I've got a financial issue, I'm going to do what I can do. I'm going to make a budget. I'm going to get some wise advice from people I trust. I'm going to spend less than I make. That's an awful idea. I'm going to do what I can do. Then what I'm going to do is I'm going to give to God what I can't do, what only God can take care of. I'm going to do what I can do, then I'm going to give to God what I can't do, and ultimately then, I'm going to trust in God no matter what. And this is so crucial for those of us who either now or always have a lot of worry and anxiety. So I want you to take a minute and I want you to imagine 
a true heart of peace, a, a deep abiding sense of heavenly joy, a, a peace of mind that is impossible to explain you with your words, a, a depth of trust in God. Now that you've imagined that, what I want you to know is that is very possible for you, but it's also a choice. It's a choice of where we let our minds go. If, if your life is moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts, ask yourself the question, do I, I like where my thoughts are taking me? When I look at my thoughts oftentimes, I don't like the direction they're taking me. I mean, right now, for me, life is frustrating. This stuff is difficult. I, I just can't get it all done. And it feels like nobody understands and nobody cares and I can't keep it going. How, how long can I do this? And then I say, no. I'm not going to let this runaway thoughts take me away from what God wants me to do. If you don't control what you think, how can you ever control what you do? So what do we do? We stop our worry. We say, no, I'm not going to worry. And we take whatever we're worrying about and we write it down. And in prayer, with thanksgiving, we give it to the God of the universe and we say, God, I'm going to do my part. I'm going to do what I can do. But I trust you. You're going to do what's needed. You're going to do what I can't do. And when we present our request to God, when we take these worries and concerns and we take them in prayer to God and we speak to God about them, number one, it touches the heart of God. I mean, just imagine those of you with children coming to you with a deep hurt. How would you respond to them? You would grab them in your arms and you would respond in love and in compassion. I mean, you would be ready to listen. You would be ready to do what you could do. You're stepping to the throne of grace to, to find help in your desperate time of need. You tell, I tell my worries to God, knowing that he hears the prayers of his children. And when you go to God in prayer, you have an audience with the king of the universe, your heavenly daddy, your father, who loves you and he's listening to you and he has all power to help you. And your prayer, this earnest prayer, causes your father to respond to your need. Your, your prayer touches the heart of of Almighty God. But your prayer does something else. Your prayer begins to change your heart and your mind. It changes our brain. It changes our thinking pattern. See, when we turn to God in prayer, something in our brain begins to change. See, praying to God is all a part of our brains being renewed and our hearts being transformed. It's all a part of this battle in our minds. Doc, Dr. Carolyn Leaf wrote a book called Switch On Your Brain. And in that book, Dr. Leaf says this, it's been found that 12 minutes of daily focused prayer over an eight week period can change the brain to such an extent that it could be measured on a brain scan. See, prayer doesn't just touch the heart of God, which is so amazing, but prayer changes you. 
changes our thinking, changes our brain. Just as toxic negative thoughts hurt the brain and pre-program us for healthy thinking, therefore, or unhealthy thinking, therefore, unhealthy living. Prayer, on the other hand, it heals our brain. It renews our minds. I mean, that's why in Romans chapter 12, Paul says this. He says, don't be conformed to the patterns or the thought processes, right? Or the ways of this world. But what? Be transformed. Be rewired. Be made new. Be made different. And how are we made different? He says, by the renewing of your mind. God's word and truth. Prayer to God. Those are the kind of things that transforms and renews and changes our minds. So we take our worry and what do we do? We say, I'm not going to worry about this. We write it down. And then we, what? We give it to God. And then we do what we can. And we trust God to meet our need. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The battle, it's in our minds. In this whole series, we've been learning about the power of our minds and how God who is the one who made our minds, is the only one who can help us change our thinking. And so since we know that our life is always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts, we take what? Those negative thoughts, those poisonous thoughts. We take those strongholds and we tear them down with the truth of the Word of God. And then we train our minds with this truth, letting it fill our hearts and our minds. Because if you don't control what you think, you, you can never control what you do. So we take this stronghold that's bothering us and attacking us, and we repent of it. And then we take the truth and what? We write it, we think it, we confess it out loud until we believe it. And since we cannot control what happens to us, we choose to let God's truth reframe it in our minds. We remind ourselves, yeah, this is bad. But our God can take anything. And he can work it for good in our lives as we trust in him. So we choose to look at any kind of difficult situation through the framework of God and not ours. And we put all of that together. We take the worry, the fear, the anxiety... And we, through prayer, petition, and thanksgiving, what do we do? We present it to an all-powerful God, and we say, God, I, I need you to step in. I, God, I need you to take care of this. And when we do, it's like His peace just overwhelms our hearts and our minds. We begin to realize the joy and the peace of letting Him win this battle in our minds. It's, it's a battle for our minds. And the enemy wants us to turn inward and to believe the lies. But you're in my loving Heavenly Father. It is so far greater than our enemy. 
And we tear down every lie and we conquer it through the truth. We renew our minds with God's love and God's word. And we remember just who we are in Jesus Christ. Lord, change our thinking. Lord, remove, renew our minds with your truth. Lord, please remind us that you see us as your ch children, dearly loved, wholly forgiven, completely accepted by you. Help us to remember that. Amen.